Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 71 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Wednesday, June 23rd. Where the hell did June go? Goes by really quick, especially when you have a lot of stuff to watch on TV, with all the playoffs going on, and you know, just that grind of everyday life. But um, took some notes over the last week, and once again, it's going to be a, wait, yeah, going to be kind of similar to last week's episode, I mean, a little bit here and there of, you know, real world stuff, and then um, a lot of sports, because I mean, that's kind of what I'm focused on right now, a lot of sports, but um, I did check uh, the news, I look at the stock apps all the time, like, um, I've got Halliburton options since oil's going up, and I've been just praying for Dick Cheney to come back and run Halliburton again, that way the stock price goes through the roof, but, um, I haven't been fortunate in that, in that wish yet, but, um, John McAfee, (laughs) now, if you have ever owned a computer that's, um, not a Mac, and, um, this has changed in the last couple of years, but, like, when I was growing up, it was always the thing where it's like, oh, you, I buy a, I'll buy a Mac, and I won't need any antivirus software. You had two choices between this antivirus software. One was Norton, Semantic, or McAfee. And John McAfee, antivirus software creator, is found dead in a Spanish jail. Hmm. Spanish court had ordered his extradition to the U.S. where he faced tax-related criminal charges. Now, you know, um, taxes have become a hot issue in the last few months because, you know, the whole woke tax the rich thing. And I'm sure I've explained this a million times already, and I'll explain it again, just as a refresher, so you stop saying that dumb thing, tax the rich. Um, Jeff Bezos doesn't have $190 million in gold bullion in a vault somewhere. He doesn't have regular income. The only income that guy has is through stock sale, and with Amazon at, you know, what, $3,600 a share? He's probably got... Ah, uh, math. Probably five million shares of Amazon, his own, the company he founded. If he doesn't sell them, he doesn't have income. <laughs> that's simple. That's law might not be fair, but that's the way the law is written. Anywho's, um, John McAfee, the antivirus software pioneer who founded cybersecurity company McAfee was found dead Wednesday in a jail cell in Spain, his attorney said. A Spanish court earlier in the day ordered the extradition of Mr. McAfee, 75 years old, in connection with the federal criminal proceeding in Tennessee. Mr. McAfee had been detained in the country since October in connection with criminal charges filed in Tennessee by the Justice Department's Tax Division. The dot dot dot. Ah, shit balls! I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, even though I really should. Um, let's try this article. Uh, I just want to see like some more of the charges of like a, more around 
the charges that he was being extradited for. Statement says everything. Nah, no, you know this article is gonna be totally laid out different. Uh, McAfee was found dead in a cell in a prison near Barcelona on Wednesday around 1 p.m. Eastern time, and a medical examiner is on scene. Blah blah blah. Um, his death came after a ruling from a three-judge panel at Spain's National Court in Madrid this week that McAfee could be extradited to the United States to face charges there. That decision could still have been appealed to a large panel of judges. At the same court, um, being indicted in the United States for tax evasion months earlier. He allegedly failed to file taxes for four years despite earning millions in income between two. Okay. From promoting cryptocurrencies, consulting work, speaking arrangements, and selling the rights to his life story for a documentary. Okay, this guy's a tool. This totally contradicts my station, my statement about taxing the rich earlier, because that there are guys who like follow the laws and like they're legal scumbags. I'd like to say, and then there are other people like this fucking ass clown, who like have no regards for tax laws and do nothing to even remotely abide by them. You have to be a numbskull, Nimrod, to not do your taxes. It's so easy like you don't even need to have an accountant anymore like you don't TurboTax does it for you like hey TurboTax cut the check you all you need are the forms it it literally walks you through it I'm a poor I'm a plebe I have no money and I can do my taxes. Helps that I know how they work, of course. But like this guy's a billionaire. Or at least a multimillionaire. And he can't do his taxes. And then that's how they get all the crooks too, by the way. Tax evasion, because rich people, criminals, don't why why would have like Al Capone? Perfect example. Why the fuck would Al Capone pay his taxes? He well, Al Capone wouldn't have any taxes to pay. Technically, if you're doing illegal activity, how do you tax illegal activity? That's how they catch all the bad guys. The bad guys don't pay their taxes. And this guy is, was in Spain this whole time. And then he offs himself because of um, the extradition being tried here instead. Um, the final two decades of McAfee's life included a somewhat bizarre series of events. I'm kind of just skipping around this article now. In 2012, McAfee briefly vanished after fleeing his home in Belize because local police tried to question him on the death of his neighbor. He has denied involvement in the death and claimed he fled because he feared for his life. Hmm. He spent time in Guatemala and then moved to Montreal, Canada. Canada. Think about hockey, the Canadians where he worked on a documentary about his life. He ran for U.S. president in 2016 as a libertarian. I did not know that. And launched a new security product that he called a fucking game changer. Hmm. Says Jeffrey Epstein, like, written all over it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I saw those jokes circulating today about, uh, (laughs) one of my buddies sent in our group chat. It's like a 
Mr. Potato Head-esque meme with the glasses and the fake mustache and it's Hillary Clinton walking into the prison. Uh, Hillary Clinton here to see Mr. McAfee. <laughs> oh, man, that's too good. But, um, yeah, we probably won't find out anything about that. But, um, I don't know, weird dude. I would have bought his book. Maybe he finished it. I don't know. Like, I've always had a fascination with bizarre bizarre people stories like that. I don't know why. I really shouldn't, but it's interesting. Okay. Um, I think there was one more thing. Oh, <laughs> I listened to a lot of podcasts earlier, like at work and whatever. And this one came up. Batman. Batman is um, being talked about in a very strange way. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, that's not the link I wanted to see. Uh, ooh, man, this is, uh, part, part of the internet. Here we go. This is from a website called scarymommy.com. Batman apparently won't go down on women and Twitter's got big feelings about it. June 17th. Tw- oh, fuck. I lost it. There we go. Um, don't type in Batman eating pussy in the search bar. Um, it started out simply the two co-creators of Harley Quinn and R-rated DC Entertainment HBO Max cartoon inserted a joke about Batman going down on Catwoman. The DC Universe has featured Batman boning Catwoman. The killing joke went out of its way to show Batman banging Catwoman and Batman's relationship is practically canonical in the DC Universe. A tweet from at Tamal, uh, whatever. So DC was complaining about Batman going down on Catwoman, but didn't say no to Batman and Batgirl sex scene in the killing joke. LMAO. But according to the creators of Harley Quinn, when they show DC execs a quick scene of Batman down under, execs unequivocally nixed. You can't do that, they said. You absolutely cannot do that. Heroes don't do that. Did you hear that? Wait a minute. Heroes don't do that? Heroes do that. You ever see The Sopranos? No, I'm just kidding. That would actually hurt the argument. But, um... (laughs) It's really funny. I I just find it so funny how, like, um... Everything's changing in our culture today. I mean, everybody is so open about, you know, sexuality and, um... Those old topics that were once taboo, like... The first NFL player came out as gay yesterday or the day before and like it's a good thing right you are who you are own it and you, you shouldn't have to deal with discrimination because of who you are this people choose or don't choose some people are like whatever however you want to phrase it you can't change who somebody is and um especially with something that's taboo yeah, I mean, right now it should it should be celebrated because, um, especially in pro sports, um, not being heterosexual, it has been taboo for a long time. And uh, I don't remember who said it exactly. Um, somebody said, like, really proud of you for, you know, um, sharing this. And hopefully one day, like, this example will help pave the way for... Um, you know, other people being able to do the same thing and not being breaking news. And that's like a perfect way of saying that. 
Like, it shouldn't be breaking news. It should just be an accepted part of our lives, you know. Some people are gay. Some people aren't gay. And that's okay. You do what you... You do what you do. We're so open and coming into um, a different way of thinking about things. It's like a society. And then there are people... Then there's some bizarre stories like this where, you know, the archetypical superhero cannot be depicted doing what a normal person would do. Like, Bruce Wayne's a normal person, right? He's an attractive billionaire for, what is it, Wayne Enterprises or whatever it's called. I'm not huge into the comic scene or, like, the superhero movies. Not my thing, but Christian Bale did a pretty good job of portraying him. He's a good-looking dude. It would, if he's heterosexual... You would it would be implied that he would do such a thing, and I mean TV is fucking bizarre now. They show everything on there. Like that's the one thing my dad complains about. I can't watch anything on TV anymore. They show all this bullshit. I don't want to fucking see that. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> First of all, it's a very strange story, and two, it's like it's a part of our culture everywhere else. Why are, is the superhero genre? have to remain traditional I don't know like I'm not really going anywhere with it I just thought it was kind of funny how that popped up onto my feed earlier this week and it gave me a good laugh but um that's enough of me talking about nonsense um let's get into sports um can just go into each sport I guess um start with basketball since these have the most takeaways um this was from earlier last week, like Thursday, Friday. Um, I think there were talks about um, Zion and not wanting to play for the Pelicans anymore. And if you follow the NBA whatsoever, it's Zion's second professional season. I believe your entry-level contract in the NBA is two years. Like, that's what you get, and then you can look elsewhere. And um, he doesn't want to play with New Orleans anymore. Well, first of all, I don't blame him for not wanting to play in New Orleans anymore because the Pelicans stink. They've stunk for a long time. But they're finally in a position to where there's, like, hope, right? When it was the New Orleans Hornets... Chris Paul played there, and a handful of other players played there that I can't name. I think one of them was, like, David West, Jesus, but they've been bad for a very long time. Then, like, they rebranded as the Pelicans, and then there was the Charlotte Bobcats, and then they brought back the original Charlotte Hornets, and now they're the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, it's a beta mascot, for one. And for two, they're just not good. I mean, I'm not going to say New Orleans is a bad market, but it's a small market. I mean, you have the Saints and you have the Pelicans. Is it really a sports town? I mean, they're passionate about college football, that's for sure. I mean, it's not New Orleans, but Louisiana is Louisiana State. Go Tigers, right? I mean, everyone likes LSU unless you're, you know, from a different state that plays in the SEC Conference. But, um, dude, like, 
you see with the NBA so much because the NBA kind of plays into it a little bit. And you're starting to see it a little bit more in baseball. It's just because baseball, there's no salary cap limit. And the large markets can cater to a lot of the big name free agents. But basketball does have one. And these guys, like, have this entitlement, it seems like, to winning a championship. And you saw this with LeBron's decision. This is where this kind of started. I'm not saying LeBron did this. I mean, he's not the one jumping teams to play with someone else. I mean, he's a part of it, but he's not the guy doing this. You know, guys follow him to go win championships. It's not the other way around. These young guys out of school, you know, they go to these big college programs, right? Zion went to Duke. And um, not so much North Carolina. Kentucky's a big one. It's these one-and-done programs, right? I mean, Duke was always the you played four years. I mean, fuck. Um, what's the guy's name? Was it Glenn Rice? Yeah, I think it was uh, one of the older 90s players like Coach K practically disowned him because he left school early um Coach K was fucking hesitant to let Luol Deng play in the NBA after a season at Duke and Luol Deng like literally needed to money needed a contract to get his family out of Sudan in the middle of a civil war um there's like an entitlement now Like, these guys come into the league and, I mean, they watch superstars like LeBron James and then the Warriors teams and Kevin Durant signing. That's, I think that's really who started this entitlement sense to a ring. It's like they just think they come out of school and they're entitled to a championship and there's no work involved to it whatsoever. And I shouldn't say that. That's kind of generalizing a little bit. Of course, there's work to it, but it's like, There are guys who play, not even just basketball, but any professional sport, there are guys who have Hall of Fame careers who don't win championships. There has to be that guy. Maybe not now in basketball because there's no loyalty anymore. All they do is, oh, I want to play with this guy. No, you want the best chance you get at cheating or not cheating, but like, skipping steps on your way to a championship. Brooklyn Nets were a perfect example. Kevin Durant's already won a championship. James Harden's proven that he cannot get over the playoff hurdles. I think he's played in one finals. Um, Blake Griffin, another guy who jumped ship. He couldn't get it done with Chris Paul in Lob City. Um, Who else is on that team? Well, those are really the big guys. I mean, it's just like there's this entitlement thing. And it's not even the older guys. The older guys I can see because it's like, oh, my career. It's a little different when you're 32 instead of 22, right? 32, you see the writing on the wall. I mean, you're tired. You've been grinding for 10 years. You have the freedom to go play wherever you want, and you can take a pay cut for doing so. I mean, these guys nowadays more so than ever are pretty smart with their money they don't need 
you know, a super max contract later in their career, and then, hey, that's the one thing I don't have. Let's try to get it. But the younger guys, it's like, you got to pay your dues. Look at all the Hall of Fame players in the NBA that have never won a championship. John Stockton and Carl Malone are probably the most famous, too. It's hard when you had to play Michael Jordan. Charles Barkley. It's hard when you got to play Michael Jordan. Um, I think Clyde Drexler won a championship with the Rockets. But um, guys like that, right? They're in multiple sports, too. Philip Rivers, he's a Hall of Fame player. And that's the one... that's the one asterisk on his resume. Oh, this guy has had no postseason success. And it's and it just seems like it's the NBA especially where these guys are like, oh, I want to be on a championship team. And it's like, well, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you're not going to be drafted by the best team. The bad teams would always be bad. It, it, it's just strange. Like, I'm having trouble articulating this but it just seems like there's a sense of entitlement now that you know the NBA does such a good job of branding its product and you know showcasing its talent and that's all these guys do it's like oh, they go to school paid for and then they get to the pros and it's like the same thing oh like I'm I'm told I'm a winner I can I'm I deserve a title it's like you don't deserve anything you got to earn it and basketball is a bad example because you see guys who don't really earn it at all. Like, look at Kevin Durant signing with the Warriors for, you know, he he was right there. They blew a 3-1 lead the year that Golden State blew a 3-1 lead. Um, DeMarcus Cousins has been, like, the most notable championship hopper. I mean, he's played for the Warriors, he's played for the Rockets, he's played for the Lakers ever since he got traded to the Pelicans the first time to play with Anthony Davis. Uh, He got traded to the Pelicans from the Kings to play with Anthony Davis. I mean, I think he's on the Lakers now, and they got bounced. It's like he's clearly just ring chasing, and like it doesn't work. The Nets are a perfect example. All those guys play together in the East, and they still lose. I mean, they're probably the most talented basketball team ever assembled, just from a talent perspective, but it doesn't pay. It's like, it's no one's entitled to anything. you got to earn it. And, like, as much as I rag on LeBron, the guy's earned it. I mean, look at all the finals failure he's had. I mean, he's been to, what, 11 of them? 10 of them? And he's lost more than he's won. I mean, is he a victim of... Or is he the beneficiary of circumstance? Oh, definitely. I mean, the last one he won was in a bubble. I'm not going to say it's an asterisk. Because, I mean, there are definitely some challenges. But um, it's certainly the easiest one to do it for. You know, no fans. There's not as much pressure. And that's clear in all sports. Um, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau won the U.S. Open last year with no fans, and he's been bad ever since fans returned. I mean, he imploded on the back nine of Torrey Pines this last weekend at the U.S. Open. 
It's a defending champion. It's much easier to win without fans. Same is true for hockey. Do you, would you call the Lightning an asterisk Stanley Cup champion? No, they're clearly the best team in hockey. I mean, they just pumped the Islanders 8-0 the other night. I don't know, but it's certainly easier. There's less challenges. I mean, look what the Nets were do- Nets fans were doing to Giannis at the free throw line. They were counting. One, two, three. You have ten seconds to shoot the ball. Like... There are, you can't deny there aren't challenges when fans are present. And you take that element away, it's a much different series. I mean, now, you have to consider, too, the Heat wouldn't have been in that situation. Look at how badly they look this year. The roster's pretty much the same. I don't think they made any changes. And they had Goran Dragic. They didn't have him for a lot of their... uh, postseason run they got him a little bit in the finals but he wasn't the same player um look at LeBron with the Heat oh well, let's just go in chronological order look at him with the Warrior or against the Warriors um I am a firm believer that Draymond Green should not have been suspended in a championship series for something that players do a lot um the nut kicking <laughs> is bad. Like, yeah. Should he have been suspended? I, let me rephrase that. Yeah, he should have been suspended. But, like, given the circumstances of what happened, him just getting tossed from the game would have been sufficient. These The, the guys do it all the time. They make dirty plays all the time. Um, Ray Allen bailed LeBron out? I shouldn't say that because, I mean... That was the peak of LeBron's powers, 100%. That's more of a joke. But, I mean, he lost to an eight-seed Mavericks team. He ran into Kawhi Leonard. And, uh... Those Warriors teams. I mean, for as fortunate as LeBron has been... In his finals wins, he's been just as unfortunate in his finals losses. <clears throat> he paid his he he paid his dues, and he's probably the hardest working athlete in the NBA. So I don't know where this entitlement comes from. <clears throat> and I just wish, <coughs> excuse me, I just wish the league would kind of go away from that. Right, discourage all the free agent signings somehow. And like I don't know if there's a way to restructure the salary cap or incentivize guys to stay. I don't know. It's just like it's so all you see, you see these guys just oh I wanna go play with him and then most of the time it doesn't even work out anyway, so what am I really complaining for? I don't know, whatever. Um Supreme Court ruled that college football, or I said college football, but the NCAA will have to um, pay its players for its image and likeness. So that's a good step. I'm not going to go into that debate too deeply, but um, I've talked about it before. Um, College football is going to a 12-team playoff format. Six automatic bids, one through 12. That's cool. Talked about it with Will Mosa when he was on the podcast a few months ago, six, seven months ago. 
So it was cool that they, um, you'll see other teams in the mix. You know, the college football rankings will have a little more um, importance seen as um, the seeding will go 1 through 12 as opposed to just 1 through 4. The contested spots are going to be 11 and 12, not 5 and 6. Or, excuse me, 3 and 4. That's cool. You'll get to see other teams play. You'll see mid-major teams play. Like, do you remember a few years ago when um, Alabama won the national title and UCF had an undefeated season and they, like, self-proclaimed themselves as the number one seed? Well, you won't see that anymore because UCF's going to beat the crap out of their conf- out of everybody in their conference. And now they'll get to play, you know, anywhere from a six seed all the way up to a one seed. That's cool. I, I think that's how they're doing it. Unless like one through six gets a buy. I haven't seen the specifics. Specifics. Maybe they're out there. Maybe I just too lazy to look. But I'm not going to do it now. Um, but it's good. I mean, Wisconsin will have a chance at a <laughs> national title. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not going to change all that much. It's still going to be the same three teams at the top. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State for the foreseeable future. But at least you will have an opportunity to see other things happen in that regard. Um, it's like boxing, right? You have a fighter's chance. I mean, football is the one thing where the best team does not always win. You just play your best game that day, and the Angels tie it up 2-2. Two two. Um kind of jumping around here but um i'll save this one for the end um let's go to baseball (laughs) last week the sticky stuff was the title of the episode um well it's continuing (laughs) managers are allowed to ask the umpires to check the pitcher for um sticky stuff (laughs) you can't apply a substance to a ball i'm not going to explain why that is and how it's stupid because I mean the league has allowed this to happen for a hundred fucking years and now that people are complaining about it hitters they're gonna check the pitchers for you know pine tar and whatnot spider tack whatever they use the manager can just point to the pitcher and the umpire will Inspect the pitcher. Last night, Sergio Romo walked off the mound and he pulled down his pants in front of the umpire. That was funny. He, like, undid his pants and pulled his pants, like, to his knees. And he's like, yeah, I got nothing. And he walks into the dugout. It was pretty funny. But um, Joe Girardi called out Max Scherzer twice and Scherzer was fine. And it's just like, you know, MLB is so bad at handling bad press because they don't get out in front of it big cat was talking about it on today's episode of part of my take and it's so perfect and it's so true they literally let a problem compound and get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until they actually have to do something about it because it's getting out of control perfect thing with steroids they let it go unhindered for years and years until congress was probing into the league and then they started suspending guys for it and now you can't do it anymore um it's going to be the same scenario with applying substances to the ball they're gonna 
destroy the pace of play. One thing that they need to fix and have made rules to implement to try to fix that this year. And now they're just killing it by inspecting picture pitchers all the time. Just, what are you going to do? And look what you're doing to for hitters. I'm a little biased here because I'm a pitcher. Look what you're doing for hitters. Right, you lower the spin rate. Well, first of all, you like change the baseball all the time. And guys are constantly having to adjust to this. Power numbers were down and who chicks dig the long ball. Everyone likes offense. That's how it is in all the sports. Defense isn't the emphasis anymore. Hockey and baseball are the only two sports where they emphasize defense whatsoever. You, in order to boost your offensive numbers, you the dead balls introduced again. You change the dimensions of the baseball. You flat or you change the seams, and now pitchers are like, "Well, fuck, that's money out of our hands because it's like our numbers are gonna suck, and we're not gonna get a fair contract because fucking the front office is messing with the dimensions of the baseball." So they start applying spider tack and pine tar on the baseball. And now the hitters are complaining because, oh, we can't hit the ball. It's just going to go back and forth until they fucking get out in front of the issue. I mean, I don't even know how you fix it now. Like, you outlaw it, and then you have to make the penalty so severe that you they're not going to do it. And you can't suspend them 80 fucking games for doctoring a baseball. In a start, you're going to make a starting pitcher miss 10 starts because he's fucking putting pine tar on a baseball? It changes the spin. I mean, the, guy, the hitter still has the ability to hit the ball. Like, you got to you gotta level the playing field for everybody. Like, go back to the original ball and get rid of the fucking substances. I don't know. It's just... Baseball's so bad at managing their own sport, and it's really a shame because it, like, just... Be firm with it, you know, and once you decide to do something, do it. And don't make any exceptions for it. And it's the same thing with umpires, too. Like, across the board, umpires and referees are so bad. Do something about that, too. It's like, and everyone complains about them no matter what. I mean, someone's going to be unhappy with any decision a referee or an official makes. But, like, they're noticeably worse. Mm -hmm. Take care of it. Hire competent people. Oh, man, I could complain all day. But um, the last thing I want to talk about is um, ESPN's coverage on Milwaukee. Um, I hate the Milwaukee Brewers. But that um, hatred goes only to the team and some of their players. Milwaukee's a cool city. And uh, Stephen A., Molly Karam, and Max Kellerman are the three um, personalities on First Take. First Take is the flagship ESPN talk show. Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless used to do it back in the day. Skip signed with Fox. He's on Undisputed with Shannon Sharp. Skip, skip, skip. But um, these three, this is like the most popular talk show in all of sports. It's up there with Undisputed and The Herd, Colin Cowherd. Those are your three talk shows. I mean, they have Get Up. There's so many of them. They have Get Up. They've got um, Mike and Mike in the Morning was a big one. That's more radio, though. 
um, Cold Pizza was like the one of the first shows that kind of did it, like, like on TV. And they just talk. They do go through takes, right? And they were shooting the shit on air, talking about Stephen A's. Like, oh, I'm praying for Atlanta and uh, L.A. to win their series because. I don't know, Phoenix would be cool. He's they're like praying that uh Milwaukee doesn't get the bid. And like they're trash in the city. Oh, there's nothing to do, nothing to, what well okay. I mean, is Milwaukee a small mar- smaller market? Yeah. I mean it's probably the smallest city in the country. I'm now I'm just thinking off the top of my head. It's probably the smallest city in the country with like three out of the four sports teams in their city. I mean, you've got basketball or I'm uh, two, not even three, two. Wisconsin is three. Okay, let's let's just do two. Um I could think of probably half a dozen cities I would not rather want to go to instead of um Milwaukee. Salt Lake City. Um, I work with a guy who lived in Utah for a few years, and some people like Utah. Like, it's, you gotta be a nature person, though. Like, you're not gonna be able to go party with the Mormons. Um, I wonder how different the narrative would have been had, uh, the Jazz ended up beating the Clippers. And then the choices would be Salt Lake City, Phoenix, Atlanta, or Milwaukee. Where else wouldn't I want to go? Um, Buffalo. Yeah, Bill's Mafia is really cool, but you can tailgate anywhere. Like, that'd be a really cool thing to do. It's like a bucket list item. Go party with Bill's Mafia at a tailgate. Yeah, that's one thing. That's football. But who the fuck wants to go to Buffalo, New York? Could you imagine if the Stanley Cup would ever have to go back to Buffalo? It's fucking freezing in Buffalo. Buffalo sucks. Oh, here's another one. Raleigh, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm trying to think of just like the smaller market teams. Um, I mean, aside from uh, hockey, hockey's like the one with most of those small markets because, I mean, it caters to a different audience. Um, I mean, there's Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, um, who wants to go to Winnipeg or Calgary? No one does. Oh, let's go, let's go, oh yeah, let's go to Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's fucking 50 degrees in the summertime, but it's nice. We throw in jaws and go fishing on the lake. Who wants to go there? How do people even live there? And then you have like the th- two, one of the most famous fucking sports figures on television dogging Milwaukee. And like maybe I'm a little biased because I'm from Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin's by no means a fabulous state to live in. We're all drunks and that's how we cope with it. But like Milwaukee's pretty cool. It's on Lake Michigan. Um. Nightlife scene's good. 
the people are friendly. Oh, Green Bay. Who the fuck would want to go to Green Bay? It's always cold. It's like, what the fuck? And then, it, like, Atlanta? Atlanta's a dump. I've been through Atlanta. Atlanta stinks. New York. I've been to New York City. New York's a shithole. Manhattan sucks. Yeah, oh, yeah, all the buildings and pizza and the subway. The subway's gross. Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's the Mecca, but you're lucky it's the financial capital of the world. Otherwise, New York City's a shithole. New York's gross. You walk every three fucking feet, or every three blocks, and you smell sewer. The city is literally built on shit. And you're going to complain about Milwaukee because it's quiet? First of all, you're not you're not hitting up the town, Stephen A. You're at work. So stupid. Like, and like, me as an outsider looking at like, I would love to do something like that. Cover sports, you get to travel and see all these places. And of course, you're not going to like everywhere you go, but it's really experience. Like, when's the last time you've been to Milwaukee, Stephen A.? Milwaukee's fucking cool. Like, I hate the damn Brewers, but it's not AmFam Park. It's Miller Park. That stadium is cool. Just, why are you shitbagging a city that, oh, it's not as fun. It's not a major market. What, did ESPN tell you to say that? Are you closeted disappointed because you don't have to go, like, oh, I mean, headquarters, I mean, I think headquarters of ESPN are still in Bristol, Connecticut. But, um, what, you're mad that you don't have to drive across the fucking Brooklyn Bridge to go to the Nets games? Like, come on. It's not that bad. It's Milwaukee. It's a million people in Milwaukee. It's a small, major city. It's better than Salt Lake, though. Jesus. It's just like, I don't know. Like, there's no need to shitbag an entire community because it, uh, it's not New York City. And, like, Milwaukee shouldn't want to be New York City. New York City sucks. Sports suck. Pizza's good. It smells bad. It's literally a city built on garbage. It's gross. Your neck always hurts because you're constantly looking at the top of the Chrysler Building and the Empire State Building. Been to Ground Zero. Building's really fucking tall. My neck hurt for like a week. It's it's a cool place, but you if you live there, you're a fucking psychopath. But um. Anyways, that wraps up today's show. Kind of went on a little bit of a rant there. But Milwaukee's cool. Yeah, I don't like the sports teams there all that much, but it's a cool place. Wouldn't want to live there. But fuck off, guys. Fuck off. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jake Sawinski. It's at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. Rate, review, subscribe. Please do that. If you listen to the show, leave a five-star review. If you don't like the show, don't leave a review at all. Write a review. It only takes 30 seconds. It'll help me out, and it'll make you feel better, too. Have a good week, y'all. Peace.